Welcome to In the Middle of It. I'm Amy Kelly, and I am passionate about supporting you on the front lines with your middle schoolers. As a former middle school teacher myself and a parent to two teens of my own, I get the roller coaster season that you're in. That crazy making, joy inspiring, incredibly fun, and sometimes frustrating ride of loving the teens in your life. Each week, I'm going to be sharing actionable stories and strategies to encourage and equip you on your journey. If you're a parent or a teacher who's looking to forge a connection that lets your teens know they are seen, heard, and loved, and if you are ready to show up as the grown up they need, you are in absolutely the right place. Let's get started. Well, hey there, friend. I am so excited to share a conversation I had recently with Kelly Abernathy and Emily Robertson. They are two of my very favorite people, and they are amazing human beings. Today, we'll be talking about how our journey as critique group partners and friends began, as well as the bond that we have because stories saved our lives in our growing up years. Now, both of them have been guests on the podcast before multiple times because we've talked about the books that they've both published, and there have been some other conversations that we've had around parenting and other books and that kind of thing. But I for sure do not want you guys to miss the episodes where we talked about the books that they've written and published. So for M, that is Lifestyles of Gods and Monsters, and that's episode 69. And for Kelly, that is the Aquamarine Surfboard, and that's episode 155. So I have links to all those in my show notes. So be sure sure to check those out. And that's at theishgirl.com forward slash EP156. Now today, what I'm sharing with you is this discussion about how stories saved our lives. And it was a very vulnerable look into things that we experienced as young teens and how books were our refuge and our escape. I want to tell you a little bit about these very, very accomplished ladies. And again, I'm just so privileged to be friends with them. So Kelly Abernathy is a former business executive, happily transformed into a writer, yoga teacher, and practical life skills advocate for trauma survivors. She graduated from the University of Kansas with a Bachelor of Science in Secondary English Education. Emily is an author and an Arkansan. She has been a bookseller in Little Rock, a newspaper reporter in Vicksburg, Mississippi, a marketing manager in Boston, Massachusetts, and a writer in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and in Dallas, Texas. She graduated from Brown University and has a master's degree in English from the University of Texas at Austin. Emily now lives in Little Rock, Arkansas with her husband, three sons, and no pets. All right, I don't want to keep you guys waiting any longer, so let's dive in. I am so excited to welcome two of my very favorite people to the podcast today, and these are two ladies who are enormously creative and talented, and I am just so privileged to be able to call them friends. Let me introduce you first to Emily Robertson. So Emily, tell us a little bit about you and what you do and what you've put out into the world so far and maybe what you're working on. I'm Emily Robertson. I'm the author of the YA fantasy Lifestyles of Gods and Monsters, which came out back in 2019 and in paperback in 2020 and is available everywhere books are sold. And then also I have a YouTube channel where I talk about creativity. I make a lot of TikToks 
about my books and my world. And then I'm also working on, I have a book I published years ago called Life, Motherhood, and the Pursuit of the Perfect Handbag. And I am doing a re-edit of that right now. I'm in the middle of that. And then I'm also writing other projects just as they come. That's what I'm doing. Awesome. Thanks, Em. Now I will move on to Kelly Abernathy, who may sound familiar because if you have been a listener, well, actually, both of you guys have been on the podcast before. So if you're a longtime listener, you will recognize both Kelly and Em. But Kelly, tell us a little bit about you and about what you've put out into the world and what you're working on now. Well, hi, I'm glad to be here today. My name is Kelly Abernathy, and I just put my first debut novel out into the world in January of this year, Atmosphere Press. The name of the book, which it's an upper middle grade novel, is The Aquamarine Surfboard. And I loved writing this book and I'm so excited to have it out there and to be sharing it with readers now. Since my passion is writing, I am very deeply engrossed in writing the second book in this series about this once laid back little beach town and the kids that live there discovering the mystery of the ocean. That's what I'm working on. Awesome. Thank you so much. Just a little backstory. So Kelly and Em and I first became acquainted. Gosh, it's probably been almost six years now. I think I attended a writer's conference here in the Dallas area and ended up running into Kelly. And Kelly was part of this critique group that Em was also involved in. Em, actually, you had already moved from the this Dallas area up to Arkansas, right? Right. And, and you guys have been meeting probably for a couple of years, even before that. So our main focus in meeting as a group has been to critique each other's writing. And I know for the two of you, it's been mostly fiction, maybe a little bit of nonfiction thrown in here and there. For me, it started as fiction and I'm kind of moving back to it. And, uh, and a lot of it has been this work that I've done here with the podcast. So it has just been not only, I think, professionally so incredible, but I think because we're sharing, bearing our souls to one another on a weekly basis, because we do meet faithfully and religiously weekly, it's been such a great way to build close friendships. So I'm so grateful for both of you and for the way that you speak into my work and into my life. And so I'm just so excited to have you here on the show because as writers, I think one thing that we definitely all agree on is that we are also lifelong readers and lovers of the written word. And one of the things that we've talked about a lot recently especially with things like the pandemic that's been so isolating, then just other things that are going on in the world is that stories save lives. And I think that that is something that we all agree is true for each of us individually. So I would love to have you guys maybe speak to that a little bit. How have stories impacted you and saved your lives? I was always a reader as a kid. I don't actually remember learning to read. I just always have been a reader. And I remember reading Little Women for the first time, which is the first big book I can remember finishing and feeling like I just wanted to know everything about that world. I just wanted to be immersed in that world. And then always was a reader and very 
comfortable sort of with that identity. I was one of those kids who people call an indoor kid. Like <laughs> I was like a, please leave me inside so I can read. That was very much my happy place. But then the time when books really were the most powerful for me was I went to a very tiny little Montessori school until the end of sixth grade. And then a seventh moved to a big public middle school where I went from having six kids in my class to having hundreds of kids in my class. And I had no idea about anything. I didn't know anyone at that school. I did not know how to dress. I did not know how to be. And it was just an awful experience and very isolating, very bullying, just all the worst things. And I was super lucky that my town had a library that was walking distance from my school. So I could not take the bus because when I took the bus, people were really awful to me. So instead of taking the bus, I would walk from school to the library. And then when my dad got done with work, he would pick me up from the library. And so I... Every day after school for two or three hours was just at a kiosk in the library surrounded by books, which now I think of it as a fortress of books. I mean, I would have (laughs) 30 books around me. I mean, I was reading romance. I was reading science fiction. I was reading fantasy, anything I could get my hands on. I was reading. That was really the only bright spot in a really tough time. And it was really hard for all of seventh and all of eighth. And I just really credit books and stories with getting me through that really hard time. And since then, I mean, things improved. I transferred to a countywide magnet school. Things got a lot better, but I just still feel the power of those books as being a play and the library. So it's not just the books. It's also that like the library was a place where I could go or no one was going to ask me to move or to leave. And it was and your safe so just, space. Yeah. It was a very much a safe space. I just know from all the people I've talked to over the years and for kids who've read my book and other things that I'm certainly not alone in that experience. No, you're not. I also, I listened to that story and it, clearly not the first time that you've shared those things with us, but Again, my heart just goes out to you, but also connects with you too, because I know I felt much the same. Kelly, talk to us about how books have saved your life. Well, I just love hearing the the safe space library, the fact that we're all drawing in that element to this, because it's not just one book at any given time. It's also just the option of all the books (laughs) that we have that are accessible to us. Um, there's, it's so comforting, I think, to think about that, that part of being a reader. Um, for me, it was a similar experience to M's in the sense that I moved, my family moved very frequently. So I was always the new kid in town, the new girl in the school library was my safe space and books were what I could, I carried them with me to the cafeteria because I was probably going to be sitting by myself early on, but I had my books and I always had friends. And I do feel like when I look back on those years, aspects of it were very difficult, but because of books, I don't feel like I suffered as much as kids who aren't readers would have, because I just could dive in and lose myself in that other world. The other thing I think for me, because I was very shy And I also, by nature, am wired to want a lot of quiet time. Probably most people would define me as an introvert. I find books very calming. And I've used them my whole life as that place when maybe I've had a really fun time with friends, 
or maybe I've come out of a really chaotic work environment or a fun, but very boisterous family time. And yet I really need to reset myself and I really need to calm down (laughs) and books are the place I can go. I can just pull a book off a shelf and hold it in my hands. And that energy just resets me. And when I was younger, I should actually confess, not just when I was younger, I do find myself identifying with characters in books and really finding myself wanting to be that character and challenging myself to bring that bold quality of a Joe March into the world or that quizzical view of life, you know, that Anne of Green Gables had, or that Meg from A Wrinkle in Time brought to the world. So I think maybe books actually have really influenced my whole personality because I'll go back to these characters and think, like I said, even today I'll be like, okay, how would she handle it? Or how would he handle this? And just going back to the strength of that imaginary place and feeling those characters' feelings helps me walk through the world. Oh, I totally agreed. And I know you nodded kind of along as Kelly was sharing yeah. that too. Yeah. Oh, totally. And in a way, also center who I am, because mm-hmm. I know we all have read A Wrinkle in Time. And also when you revisit a book, how you change. So the book changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I revisited a wrinkle in time with my children and was struck by <laughs> Meg's defiance that felt so empowering as a mm-hmm. teenager, as an adult, I was like, Oh my gosh, Meg, look, stop. <laughs> <laughs> and so in a way it gave me insight both on myself, but then also on my children, on my relationships with other people. So I think books can be this really wonderful lens for that. And then the other thing I really love, which we see as writers, I think readers don't always know is like one of the things for in books for a character to be really strong, they make choices. The character is acting on the world. The stories we don't like are the ones where characters are really passive and just like a lot of things happen to them and they don't act. I think that for me is always very inspiring too, because sometimes it can feel like we're just being buffeted by fate. And then to read these books where characters are making choices and things don't always turn out the way they want them to. In fact, they almost never do. But the reading of a person making choices, I think is really powerful. Mm -hmm. I think it's so interesting that you say that because in sharing my story about how stories save my lives, I find it interesting that all three of our stories are very different and yet the same because we found salvation basically in books. I grew up in a town where I went to a very small school and the school that I went to pretty much everyone who was in my class and and in the grades above and below mine and all of my teachers and the administration also went to my church because it was a small private school. So I can remember feeling so trapped and and feeling like a square peg in a round hole and not fitting in and feeling other books were the way that I, number one, escaped for sure. And like you, Kelly, I shouldn't say were the way, because I think I still very much use them kind of as an escape just to take a break from things and reset. But I just know that not only were the characters kind of modeling what it looked like 
to your point, and to make choices, whether good or bad, they had agency. And that was super appealing for me because a lot of times I did not feel like I had a lot of choice as I know a lot of teenagers feel, but also I felt like I could see myself in in the characters. So it wasn't just that they were influencing me and, and I could model myself on what they were doing. I also saw a reflection like Meg Murray For instance, I was that girl that was nerdy with the glasses and surly a lot of the times and not happy and irritable. (laughs) This is the right way to put it. And just lailing against the circumstances that were swirling around me in a lot of cases. I think on so many levels, just the being able to take those character traits of bravery and observation skills like I learned in Nancy Drew and Encyclopedia Brown and... (laughs) Right. And then Harriet the spy, Harriet the spy, but then seeing that I wasn't alone. I think for me, that was just so huge to know I'm not the only one who feels that way right now. And so I think those things are what made my book friends, my best friends for sure. And then again, the library, like we just can't say enough good things about that safe space. And I know for me, my mom, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, she took us, my two siblings and I, we went to the library every single Saturday without fail. Like that was just what we did. It was part of our routine. And I'm so grateful for that. Going to mention another thing because I feel like this often gets a bad rap, but I can't really overstate how important for me in that seventh, eighth, ninth grade romance was. Mm. And part of that was because part of the isolation that I had was very much feeling like I was undateable, essentially, like completely Mm -hmm. unattractive to the opposite sex or to a potential romantic partner. And so reading those stories, especially the variety where the nerdy girl, just the whole, all of romance where people discover each other and find complicated, you know, the great thing about romance for me always is complicated people, complicated, flawed people who together are better than they were part. And so I feel like for me reading romances where it didn't matter if the complicated nature of the girl in the story was mine or not, but just seeing the ways that people could make a romantic connection. And that I think that was incredibly powerful for me. Right. I would just opening the possibility, the possibility that I could find a partner. I was going to say it was the hope of that. Totally Mm -hmm. the hope of that. And then two, I think with romance novels, it's about finding that person who sees you, right. Who sees you, sees you and gets you and the possibility and the hope of that is huge. Kelly, it looked like you wanted to say something to you. Oh, no, no. I was loving that you were pointing that out. The thought that just popped in my head and Amy, you had her on the podcast a few years back is a mutual friend of ours, Raven Robinson. And it occurred to me there too, just like what we've said, what romance novels were for us with the way we were feeling about our own selves during that time period. For Raven, who's a young black woman who grew up among the gangs in St. Louis, when she read The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. It was the first book she could really connect with because Mm -hmm. 
the book actually had so many elements of the world that she was familiar with. So we're talking about how books open up areas that we're not familiar with yet and allow us to explore them, but also just having books, which is one thing I would say during my lifetime, I'm so thrilled that there's been this deeper awareness about bringing all the stories from so many different cultures and backgrounds and having more of those stories available. So there are more ways for every child to find places to explore, but also find places that are familiar so that they can see that, okay, I'm not alone. There are plenty of kids that have grown up in a culture of violence or just all the stuff we've now We talk so much more openly about, I think, mental illness, body awareness issues. And I will add that to what you were talking about with romance novels. I think I can relate to romance novels better, some of the current contemporary literature in that sense than I could years ago, because to me, it's so much more relatable when people talk about how they feel about their body or do you know what I'm saying? And some of those things were not written into some of the books that were available to me when I was growing up. So I'm kind of just wanting to celebrate where we are now, even though I'm obviously a lover of all writing, but I do think we have made some things available to kids that were not as available Things that are grittier and more real. I think that's what I'm Yeah, grittier is a perfect word. Yeah, right? I'm struggling here. Well, and I think too, just talking about Raven and her experience reading The Hate You Give, I think for me, that was not my growing up experience, but reading about it and being able to become star for the time that it took me to read the book, mm-hmm. it gave me a greater understanding of something that was completely other from the way that I grew up and the way that I looked at things. It's tremendous the amount of empathy and the mindset shift about different issues and mm-hmm. different perspectives that I've had on things. That's the other piece of this too. The thing that books did for me was allowed me to experience things that I would probably never have experienced just in my real life. And that adds to who you are. It goes back to what you're talking about, Kelly. It's not even just watching the characteristics and trying to absorb those. It's it's absorbing the worldview and getting outside yourself and being able to see from somebody else's eyes. Thank you guys so much for talking with me today about books and how they have impacted your life and how we just, I know all firmly believe that stories save lives. And I am super excited that I will be having you guys back again. And we're going to be talking about something a little bit scandalous. So make sure you tune back in for the next episode and you can hear (laughs) scandal, right? Kelly and Em and I talk about um, kind of a hot topic issue right now. So thank you. I appreciate you ladies being with me today. 
thank you again to Kelly and M for their vulnerability in our discussion today and for sharing how stories save their lives. Now, they'll be joining me again for our next episode, like I mentioned, as we talk about something controversial and scandalous. So make sure to tune in for episode 157. Now you can head to the show notes for more information about Kelly and M and links to all their socials and their websites, and of course, their books. Thank you so much, friend, for joining us today. It is such a privilege to be in your ears. So from an ish girl who is beyond excited to be attending this year's Texas Library Association Conference, if you're there, be sure to visit me in booth 1301. I am so grateful to be in the middle of it together. 